0: Welcome to a special edition of the Ephesiology Podcast, where Matt is literally lit on fire.
1: And I I am twisting his arm to push the record button. And I'm
0: going to regret this. I'm going to regret this.
1: No, you know what, though? These are important issues. We live in uh, different times, for sure. And there are things going on in our country right now um, that... I mean, you can't remain silent about, and people are not remaining silent about. And uh, of all people, um, we as believers, followers of Christ, um, that should be raising a voice of, of solidarity with brothers and sisters uh, in racial and social injustices that are going on in, in our country, w- whether perceived or real. Um, we need to stand in solidarity for those those folks, um, and increasingly, to, uh, we would uh, to be included
0: in that at some level. Let's break down what's happening right now before I, and so that way I can kind of cool off a little bit.
1: <laughs> get and the then, rational map. and now. then
0: try to get some rational, measured thinking. Uh, going on here. I don't have my windscreen, my pop filter right now, so I'm going to try to have too many losives today, <laughs> so I avoid that. Um, all right, we're recording this on June 1st, 2020, and it is a Monday night, and um, we have just witnessed a really a saddening um, weekend of um, hmm, mm. destruction, um, of tempers flaring unrestrained um, anger and, uh, and just hurt uh, across the United States. And this has been from coast to coast, and even globally, we have seen people standing up for the movement Black Lives Matter, as well as many other things. Um, this is all uh, coming on the heels of um, the coronavirus pandemic. Here in the United States, some 40 million people have lost their jobs essentially overnight hmm. many of them in black and brown minority communities um and uh and in poor communities in the communities that are already underserved um and un- and not privileged and yet we then have already anger frustration lack of access to medical care people who are not working lack of access to essential, uh uh just to the daily essentials and you've already got racial tensions have been mounting really since the 2016 election. The, 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 it's been this boiling pot, right, that is starting to occur. And now you have George Floyd. And uh, George Floyd's uh, uh, homicide, uh, his death um, at the hands of police officers in Minnesota. And this thing went off and lit like a match mm-hmm. over the last week. And uh, here we are. And here we are. And now and now we are dealing with this. We are dealing with threats of martial law. We are dealing with all sorts of um, National Guard and riots. Uh, some of them have turned violent. We know that there are other people, uh, agitators and uh, opportunists at play in all of this. We understand that. We see that. Um, we recognize that that is um, uh, obviously at play here. And uh, we realize that that just adds to the confusion and it adds to the the dramatic nature of what is taking place but we should not take our eye off the ball because we see what's really at stake here what's at stake is a question between white and black and uh those of color and um and 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 this is this is not just political this is about a humanitarian issue uh here in the united states It's about how people thrive and here we are two white people on a podcast on a microphone in our in the comforts of our suburban homes now talking about this the irony is does not escape michael and i and uh, we want to say this that we are two white evangelicals who are now going to speak out against our own because we can't stay silent any longer Mm. it has to be said somebody has to say it and it has to come out it has to come out now there's no time like the present we need to speak out against this and we need to speak into the truth into it as to what the gospel has to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, Matt, you're 100% right. I mean, there's there is a place for us I think to um, to stand alongside of uh, our our brothers and sisters who are feeling pain that we're not aware of and we haven't been aware of. Um, and of course, there are those that are calling that uh, white privilege and uh, identifying the the systemic issues in our society that have put uh us in the position that we 're in but others in the position that they 're in um, and 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 you know what what you know the unfortunate thing in 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 this. Is that that system kind of closes down the voices it 's um, it's a divisive system um, it puts us against them and um, uh, that 's tragic as uh, we try to navigate how the the Christian should respond in these circumstances. You know, it, it, the only thing I think, Matt, that I would add to what you said, I mean, absolutely, since 2016, there has just been this increasing tension uh, in uh, the United States and, and in some places. I mean, we feel that around the globe. Um, but... Uh, and some of that, of course, is incited by uh, the rhetoric that we hear coming from uh, the highest office of our land. And that has not been helpful. Um, you know, we recognize as believers that uh, Scripture teaches us to honor authorities, to, uh, that God in His sovereignty has placed them in positions and uh, and because of that, um, it, he's in control, and that hasn't changed. Um, and even in difficult times, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that we're to lay aside our values, but uh, it, it certainly makes us pause and ask, you know, how does the Christian respond? Um, Many people uh, will reflect back on the early church and look at, uh, you know, that period of time in the mid uh, to late uh, first century and uh, recognize that Christians were suffering. Uh, Persecution was real. Uh, Oftentimes it came at the hands of religious leaders and economic leaders in the Roman Empire. And it wasn't until late that it came from uh, the political leaders as well, and even in the midst of those times, you think of uh, Paul and in, in second in first Timothy two uh, the saying to Timothy, "We need to pray for our leaders." Um, Peter also uh, talks about the importance of believers submitting to authority and and letting our good works uh, be what reflects on who we are and being gentle in our witness um, and uh and, and so there's a there's a i there 's a tension definitely as we 're citizens of a country uh, And many of us are passionate about that citizenship, but uh, we're also citizens of another place. uh, And we're passionate about that. And so we search for the right response, uh, the, the response that will genuinely bring glory to God.
0: I appreciate you for bringing a measured response and a measured tone to the beginning of this conversation because the longer I speak... The less measured i might become i'm a bit unhinged or feeling that way right now so my apologies um in advance but well it's understandable matt right well thank uh, you yeah we're
1: seeing things uh that now um that we've really in my lifetime in this country um we've not experienced at the level you know, that we're experiencing it now. Certainly when I was little and still in diapers, these things were going on. And there have been, you know, cases over time. I can remember in the 1980s, the the riots in Los Angeles, um, the late 1980s. And, And so, you know, what's happening is just this repeating of history Uh, And, uh, I mean, that prompted me this weekend to write uh, a brief little post on Facebook saying that, you know, will we ever learn? Uh, Will we learn these lessons? Do we have Mm -hmm. to continually repeat these? Um, And, uh, and, yeah, and and that's a a sad, sad situation.
0: Um, You are right about the tension. And the tension is real. There's a real tension that exists with the reality of a dual citizenship of when we talk about the kingdom. Mm. The kingdom of God uh, that we belong to is one in which we are adopted into by uh, our faith and our redemption in Jesus Christ. And so when we confess that he is Lord and we receive his Holy Spirit, we are automatically adopted into this new kingdom, into this this new state of existence, this new world, right, that is promised to us to come. Yeah. The other side of that is that we live in a real kingdom, and that is a, a physical one that we see right now. And what we learn about the incarnation of Jesus is that in the incarnation that the kingdom of heaven comes down to earth, not just to rescue us out of this wasting away dump, but rather to bring about restoration, hope, and healing, to break forth His heavenly kingdom onto a broken and fallen kingdom that is here on this earth. And that is the tension that we live by because as you're right, there are scripture passages that say abide by the governing rules, abide by those who are leading over you for the wholeness and really ultimately for the keeping some of the peace, right? Mm-hmm. But at some point, that has attention. At some point, there has to be a rule that's going to be broken. At some point, an allegiance is going to have to be declared. At some point, you have to ask yourself, to whom do I belong? Mm-hmm. Those are the words of Paul, by the way. We hear from Paul. Paul's the one who tells us, hey, listen to the rulers. I mean, this guy's a Roman citizen as well as a Jew. So this guy knows what it's like to to uh, you know, to live in this dualistic kind of world in in place. But yet, here you have... This i th- this notion of now when Jesus comes forth, he comes forth to bring his kingdom, and he doesn't do it with weapons of war. He doesn't yeah. do it I and mean, threatens with with guns ablazing, but yeah. rather he says, "My kingdom is defined by these two things: your love for me and your love for your neighbor." Mm. Uh, so important matt hey I,
1: I we need to continue this but i just got word that somebody's waiting to get in on this podcast i just saw that now did you let's yeah. invite him in because i think brian uh would enjoy being a part of this conversation Shoot. i'd 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 appreciate his perspective as well here we go here we go but i want to pick up on uh all right on, uh, what we were
0: uh, that's hilarious talking about hey brian hi brian
2: hey how are you guys we're sorry about
0: well. that
2: no, no problem.
0: It's a uh, it's a it's a light night. You know what I mean.
2: I see that. I see that.
0: Everyone's yeah. out. Everyone's out hitting the streets. I think. I
2: guess. Yeah.
0: Or getting into their bunker depends on where they're coming from.
2: One, right, one way or the other.
0: All right, Brian. You have popped into a to a
1: one of those spontaneous uh, recording times when we felt like that Matt was so lit over an issue that's occurring in our country. That I force. Brian, I'm so sorry. You can you can step out of this at button. any
0: moment, but like, <laughs> no, no. you just jumped into something that we turned this into something else.
2: If we're switching over to a podcast, so I'll I'll just lay low and stay quiet and listen. So
1: no, please, we'd 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 invite your voice into this as well. Um, yeah, you know, guys, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, you've so whatever you want forewarned. to interject, I mean, we're, what we're talking about is basically religion and politics, the two things that you're not supposed to talk about. Right, right. Um, and race. And race, yeah. Yeah, probably three things that we shouldn't talk about. But Matt was just talking about...
0: Um, I, was ta- I was talking about the kingdom, and we were talking about this, this tension that exists in the kingdom of God, that we live and for the kingdom um and also we have to live in our existing worldly kingdoms as well and this tension and we have to ask ourselves what is it that we ultimately are loyal to because we cannot serve two masters we can only serve one and that master whichever one you choose is going to demand full allegiance to itself mm. when the time comes when the moment when, when when guns are pointed at at one another or at each other when there are when the knives are drawn when the swords are drawn um, when, it, when it's a matter of life and death, there will be a demand for allegiance. Who do you stand with? Yeah. And, and Jesus will always say, your choice, your call, but my way is the way to everlasting life. My way is the way to eternity. My way is the way to healing and restoration and wholeness. And my way is the way of truth and love and grace. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't want that? But he also says, though, that I that my way, because it exists, will always bring about the sword, and it will bring about persecution, because those of the other way will not choose that way. Yeah. And this is what is at stake in our world today, because what we're seeing played out, and uh, within the call for justice, um, and and uh, and so with this call for justice, this call for um, we we need to uh, have a learning about greater respect for. Uh, one another in this world, in our country, as we look at race relations in this country and how we are like not learning this lesson. You had literally tonight a president who get who got on TV declared literally that he is in quote the president of law and order, and then he begins to threaten the de- uh, to deploy the United States military, not the National Guard, but the military tonight on American cities to put down. The rise of violence or these protests is what he claimed. And so now you literally have the kingdom of this world, the one that we are citizens of in the United States of America, where your leader literally says, I'm going to draw the guns. And not only the guns, but I'm going to bring in the tanks as well. And now you literally have a moment where you as a Christian are confronted with something you've never had to be confronted with, especially Mm -hmm. as a white evangelical. You've never ever in your life have had to fear for your life because of the color of your skin or because of what you stood for. This is the day. This is the day. This is the moment. It just happened. And then what happened is that to make matters worse and to make it even more sadistic, the president literally just had, while he was doing the press conference, was pushing back uh, hundreds of protesters from across the street of the White House so that he could go take a little stroll Across the street to St. John's Chapel, which is literally across the street from the White House, stand up there for a photo op and held up his Bible in defiance, claiming that he stood for the Word of God and claiming that he stands on the name that we stand on, and that is Jesus Christ. Those words never came out of his mouth, but that was the symbol that he said. And that this word gives me all authority in the world to turn the guns against anybody who comes against me. This is not the gospel. This is not Jesus. This is not what he stood for. This is the absolute opposite. And anybody who's going to continue to like go this way, I'm sorry, I'm unhinged. But if anybody who's going to stand up there and defend that is now chosen another allegiance other than the ones that they read in scripture. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Ryan, I'm sorry you just jumped into this, man. I was just wrapping up before you came in. I would love to hear your response too, by the way.
2: So, well, here let me let me close the door here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
1: oh, Brian's going to get after it now. Yeah.
2: Hang on here, hang on here. So, this is my response, and, and and I apologize because again, I was I was coming in late, and then I was having some issues, um, kind of getting into the chat. But um, one of the things to sort of tie it back to the Ephesiology book, one of the things that struck me was. And, and I'm sort of paraphrasing, was Michael's comment about how nowadays the actual word evangelical is tied politically. I think it, yes. it, it has no more re- sort of religious Christian meaning. It is a voting block. It is a group of people, and that's where the word evangelical has been hijacked to. Um, along those lines of, of, you know, what you were saying, Matt, one of the things that I have discussed with people at work, and actually with with Michael's daughter, Michaela, and my family is I'm I'm very blessed. I'm a community psychiatric nurse, and I'm very fortunate to work in a place that's very open to the gospel. Um, there's a couple other Christians at work there, but there's Buddhists, there's atheists, and everybody has the opportunity for discussion. And one of the things that I've noticed really over the last couple of years in tying in religion and politics, and I'm going to get to a point here, is it hasn't been abortion rights, it has not been gay marriage, it has not been any other social issue. The biggest hindrance to sharing the gospel at work, whether it be with med students, nurses, whoever, has been Christianity, Western Christianity's marriage to Donald Trump. There has wow. never been a more difficult um, barrier or issue to overcome. I have worked with the LGBTQ population, Uh, I have had wonderful conversations, I have worked with violently pro-choice social workers, and and we always have good dialogue. I have never had more difficulty um, sort of expressing the gospel, talking about how it affects my life, talking about its role in, like you said, which kingdom are we gonna choose? There has never been a greater hindrance to sharing the gospel than the current marriage to sort of the, the really the conservative right and, and more, more so Donald Trump. Um, and it was funny while I was waiting to get in, I saw that he had pushed all of those protesters away and then he's standing there in front of the same, I think it's the St. John's church with his Bible. It's unbelievable. So that's my rant.
0: You, oh. No, Brian, that is so perfect. And I'm so glad that the Lord ordained that you would show up here. We had other plans and that this hey, is happening. Careful,
1: he's reformed.
0: Uh, yeah, well, that's fine. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, so, you know what I mean? And it's, you know, uh, and yet here you are, like, being able to share this and what you do as a profession just absolutely affirms that. And uh, just real quick, I had a, I have a similar story like that. Um, one specific one is, is really the same run-in, is that... I remember sitting in a coffee shop. I was reading a, a, a relatively large, thick book. I was, and it was a, a gentleman came up to me and he said, what are you studying? What are you reading? And um, he had an accent. It was a Northern European. And, and I said, oh, it's a, it's a book on sermons by Charles Spurgeon. <laughs> you ever hear of him? And he goes, no. And, and then I said, oh, he's a, he's a pastor in, um, you know, actually in, you know, Europe. And he goes, oh, 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 never mind. I make it a point to never, ever get into a conversation with an evangelical. I mean, this guy had the boldness to say this to me. And I go, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Hang on here. Like, you know, like, you know, you know, just right to the jaw. You know what I mean? And I, and I asked him, I, would, I managed to get in a question and I go, why is that? And he went on, it was all about Donald Trump. Yep. And that began, that happened about uh, three years ago. And that opened up my eyes. I already knew that there was something awry and something stirring in the water. But that one event all of a sudden opened up my eyes. And I said, there is something really really wrong here. And then once your eyes are open, you start to see all the other pieces that start to take place and you go, oh my gosh, there's a problem here. So Brian, thank you for that because you really just, you, you you further made the point here.
2: Yeah. And, and you know, in a, in a similar vein, I have had discussions with other Christians where I have said, if you like his immigration policy, great. If you like his conservative judges, great. If you like his tax cuts, great. But don't, don't tell me you vote for Donald Trump because you think he's a Christian or he has Christian values or he, you know, just stop with that, 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 that is just, you know, if, if we are to know people by their fruit, what does he show evidence of that would make you think he is in the least bit, you know, mm. Christian? And, I, and you know, we can go with yeah. this standard. I can't judge people's hearts, but I can see evidence of fruit and there's none there. So,
1: you mean standing up in front of a church with your Bible isn't enough?
2: Well, there was, when I was looking there was a picture of that, and one of my friends had commented how many times he had to look to make sure he was holding it the right way while he was taking the picture. That's
0: so, hilarious. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah but no, I, wow. I, it, yeah. It, but it, it just uh, it, it panders to his base, and what are you going to do, you know? It,
1: Well, Matt, you brought up the point uh, earlier. I think maybe before we got on that, we really would love to have a couple of our other friends on a discussion about the racial issues, and we have in episodes twenty and twenty-one discussed ethnicity and and uh, unity in the church. But you know, I, I wonder if now is just a time for us to acknowledge that there is this huge spectrum in. America right now of what is called evangelical. And uh, and it, we need to clarify what that means, because, you know, just like you, Brian, in your context, uh, working with a, a diverse population, Matt, in your experience with the Northern European, uh, as I've been traveling the world and uh, interacting with others who bear that moniker of evangelical, they, they often uh, express how difficult it is because that name has been so tied to uh, Donald Trump. And, um, and I was in one uh, country in the Middle East meeting with friends from uh, Palestine who said that it is virtually impossible to b- be a good witness because uh, of Trump's connection to uh, that word, evangelical. And, um, and so, it, so we have to dispense with that. Uh, you know, there, yes, there are evangelicals that support Donald Trump. Uh, that many of them are probably fine uh, people. I, I am going to assume and be gracious and acknowledge that. Uh, there are those uh, that at the same time that lean more toward fundamentalism, uh, who might not actually support Trump, but still are very uh, socially driven, very politically driven. But then there is that that segment in the evangelical community uh, of people that I've have come to call Trump Jellicles, um, and we're seeing that Donald Trump uh, kind of pander to that uh, base of Trump Jellicles. Uh, they're most often white, uh, very conservative politically speaking and socially speaking, uh, more than likely they're gun owners, um, and um, uh, and of course uh, the supporters of uh, the Trump's immigration policies, as well as his health care policies and everything else. Um, And that's the group that I'm particularly concerned about in regards to uh, what we've been talking about here, uh, the allegiance to a different kingdom. Um, and, uh, and, and, And because this is why, this is why. Because what happens is that now we have put a barrier before those who do not know Christ that does not need to be there. You know, Jesus was not a political person. Absolutely, there were political tensions that uh, occurred while he was on this earth. But he was not political. He came for everyone Republican, Democrat, socialist, communist, it doesn't matter who. Um, he came to be the savior of the world. And when we erect these barriers, in, our, in who we are as Christians and make those a hurdle uh, almost to get to Christ, then we have done an absolute disservice to the gospel. And, uh, and we need to examine ourselves. You know, I, I think yeah, that, yeah. as I mentioned um, Sunday, I, Sunday I, I went down to the, the downtown area of our city, and, I mean, it was like a war had happened uh it was it was heartbreaking to see what happened and i came home and and thought you know what yes it, this is a white issue and yes this is a black issue but more than that this is a heart issue it's all of our hearts and it's even beyond that it is also a human issue because what we're seeing play out before our eyes are human beings attacking other human beings which just is not acceptable in any place, uh, in any climate. And especially if people are trying to identify themselves with a Bible in hand standing on the porch of a church um, it, it, and inciting these tensions, that just is not humane. I mean, there's, that's not humane.
0: I'm just watching the replay of that scene of him walking across the street to St. John's and the only black person that I could see that was with him was one of his Secret Service agents. Mm. The rest of them were white people who were just, again, pandering to the base and I don't want to just, just point it out as like some sort of cheap jab, right? But the reality is, is what you're saying, Michael, is that this is part of the problem is that we actually have legitimate voices and we value every person on this planet made in the image of God, white, black, brown. And yet Jesus's mission was in fact, I'm reading what he wrote uh, when he was reading out of Isaiah 61, uh, when he was in Nazareth, he goes to the scroll, picks it up and he reads, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And the reality is is that we have people who are poor and oppressed in this country, and we have continued to perpetuate the poor and the oppressed, but rather what we do, and we do that in subtle ways, and and there, there is a real culture of just understanding that we as white people have a bit of our culture of our own. We have normalized whiteness, and we have always made anybody else who's not white the other person. And that's where in our language, where it goes wrong. And that's what we need to repent of, is that we always see everyone else as the other. We are the Jews looking at the Gentiles. That's it. That's the reality. If you're a white evangelical in the United States, you've been indoctrinated, whether you know it or not, and I don't even think intentionally always, but rather it is that we've been indoctrinated to believe that we are really the Gentile. We are the Jews and everyone else is the Gentile. That's how, if you go through the scripture in the New Testament and you read it you'll and just replace Jew with white evangelical, you will look at everyone else as the Gentile. The Gentile is the other person.
1: Yeah. They, well, let's say white, uninformed evangelical.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we get a chance to, I, as of right now, I think our black community would, t- would take offense to that. And I would just say, um, although I think they would hear you, Michael, and say, yes, I hear you. And yes, I agree. But I, I think at this point, we just need to stand up because I think you're giving a pass on white evangelicalism as a whole, because we actually have to collectively repent. We have to collectively lament over this and we need to change and we need to reform. That's the reality. And whether we want to identify with that or not, we need to stand up against it
1: yeah yeah no and i I don't disagree um, I, I don't disagree, but i do I, I do want to err at, at some level on the side of grace after I've did my little piece about uh, uh, somebody standing up on a porch with a, a church porch with a Bible. <laughs> right? we do want to be gracious and and uh, to each other and that's and that's the issue.
0: Uh, or one of the issues here that was not the message sent either in that moment i'm no, sorry to cut you off right. but that was not the message you literally got if you want to bring peace to justice you've threatened the u.s military yeah. against anyone who stands with those of color and you stood up there with a whole row of white people holding a bible up what does that visual that message say to yeah. black and brown people who have literally absolutely feel this absolutely and i think and what, that was what, the most inflammatory thing that you could have ever have done i mean yeah. it is and it was calculated Right. And I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the guy is like completely ignorant to all of this. Right. But that was the absolute wrong thing to do.
1: Yeah. It was and I so think that, I, I think what, what we need to say, what you and I and, and Brian are, are trying to say is that does not represent who we are. Uh, it does Amen. not. I mean, Agreed. I do it not. Does not. No. I, I, it just doesn't. I mean, that's the antithesis of uh, who we are as a physiology. I mean, we're not political. We're, we, we've, say, we've stated over and over again that we take an apolitical position. Um, but at the same time, because of the things that are happening, uh, how uh, um, people are being, being uh, uh, enticed by inflammatory rhetoric um we, we don't tolerate that, we denounce it. we stand against it. That does not uh, identify me. Uh, and I do not identify with that. We do not identify w- with that. And so how do we respond? W- what is the Christian response here? And I think you know we've we've talked about this before with uh, Devlin. Uh, Scott, uh, our friend from, pastor from uh, uh, the East Coast, in regards to Ephesians chapter 2. I mean, Jesus did something about this. And that's what I mean, Matt. Uh, When I say, you know, I want to qualify that. It's the white uninformed uh, that that need to come to a repentance. There are those of us, uh, and I hope that I'm included in that, who have long been seeing these things. I mean, uh, from the early 2000s, even before uh, seeing these racial inequalities, that we've repented from this. And we want to make a stand and say, yes, that is the right thing to do. But we also need to be sure that we are helping our brothers and sisters, whether white, black or brown, to understand that, you know, Christ, when he came, he broke those barriers of race, of ethnicity. And why did he do that? But to create a new people for yeah, him. New, one new humanity. For his glory. Yeah. And, and that's what I mean, that, it, you know, at some level, th- those Trump-jellicles have not come to the place, at least it seems, as we're looking at the fruit of their lives have not come to the place to to understand the significance of Christ breaking the barriers of our ethnic divisions um, and understanding that now we are one people. And so in that, I think we identify with our brothers and sisters who are feeling this pain of racial inequality of the, of the injustices in society, it, because we are one with them because of what Christ has done.
0: That's a good word. And, yeah.
1: um, and, and that's, that's the voice that I want us to have as we think about ephesiology. And as we think about even our whiteness and our privilege, um, you know, with, and there's a lot that we can say about this. Yes, we have privilege, absolutely. But you know what, as believers, we give up those things. We now have no rights at all because of what Christ did. And we lay all of that at the feet of Him uh, so that we can come alongside of others, and, uh, and not to, in sympathetic ways or or Looking down on others, but as equals, because if we are equal at the foot of the cross, that means that we've all given up those rights. And we all come uh, to Christ. Um, and, uh, and, And we acknowledge the fact that now we are one people because of what he's done.
0: Yeah, amen. And, and, and Michael, thank you for that, because that is, that is true. And I, the thing that really resonated with me, what you're just saying, too, is, is obviously uh, the truth of what is in Scripture, the truth of Jesus really standing in the gap between all of these things, and seeing through it all, the, po- the politics, the racial issues, even in the first century, and even today, these are the real Christians. These are the ones uh, who are the, look for the ones who stand in the gap, Look for the ones who are standing there. those are the believers. Those are the ones who are endowed with the Holy Spirit, who literally are standing between all these divides. And that's the walk we have to walk. And this is this is the this is the difficult task of the Christian. And you're 100 percent right. And the other thing, too, of just we hurt because we are one with them. They, yeah. Like like those who are oppressed, George Floyd, I don't know if he's a believer or not, but we know that the black community is hurting. They are in pain over this. And when we look to the black community, we look at them and we know that as even as those who are identified as ones who are endowed with the, you know, the Holy spirit, the ones who are given uh, who are made in the image of Christ. We too are made from the image of Christ we are adopted into one body through Jesus Christ alone. And it's like, I am hurting with you. You are one of me as well. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that is that where that source of that pain is coming because it's like that today, was an attack on the body of Christ, and that is—it's that was an attack, and and that was was—and he claimed it for himself, and that is dangerous, dangerous things. Brian, you haven't said much. Um, I got a feeling there's something on your mind.
2: No, you know, it, it, I have a couple things, and, and this is sort of off the top of my head. You know, when when Michael discussed about laying our rights down, Mikhail and I were just having a discussion about. Paul's use use of the word dung in Philippians 3, Mm. and you know, we are to lay down our rights. We are to lay down, you know, we are to be humble, humble and preach the gospel. Um, You know, I think the the other thing that I I really like about what Michael said is we have to begin to form programs and specifically relationships. This sort of, we're the great white church and we're going to come down and do a one week mission in the inner city and rebuild a basketball court and go on our way. It, that, that's, you know, that, I, I, don't, I don't feel like that's effective. I think that, you know, from a discipleship standpoint, we have to develop relationships, hard and as difficult and as weird as that may be. Um, you know, Paul also talks about us having the ministry of reconciliation we as Christians need to start reconciling a lot. We need to start reconciling race relations. We need to start reconciling, you know, and, you know, oppression and most importantly, we need to start reconciling people to God. So, you know, again, I think that, you know, Mike, we made a very good point about these, you know, when we do things, when we reach out to the African-American community and the African-American church, it can't be this, Great white savior type thing, or we know best, or hey, we're going to come help you for a couple weeks and then we're out of here because it'll make us feel better. We need to start developing relationships and discipleship, you, you know, with people.
1: Reach, it's yeah, kind of yeah, people. Amen, Brian. Yeah, a- Amen. And, you know, I and I've been saying this, uh, maybe offline more than I have online here, Matt. We've had these conversations about how powerful it is. When we as believers understand that we have one mission, one mission, and that's to declare God's glory to everyone. And if we could all, whether we're white, brown, black, get on that one mission together, then you know what? It's not like it's going to erase every problem. But I tell you what, when we're united on a common mission and we all believe in that mission, boy, there are neat things that happen in the body of Christ. And, and I think yeah. you know, it's, at some level the, what we're seeing in uh, American evangelicalism today is the fact that we are not united on that mission. We're, no. we're, we're clearly not united we're not. On No. no. Well, and, and, that's, and that's heartbreaking for me and it brings tears to the eyes of the Lord.
0: And that's what was so disheartening as well today is we're not going to find our victory as a political victory. Again, this is where I think we we start acting like the first century Jews. Uh, they were looking for their political victor. Who's going to be their Messiah? Who's going to lead them to the promised land and return order? Um, That's not Jesus. And when we look up and we see our president stand in front of while people are dying on the streets and crying for justice, they're asking, justice is a, this is what you were talking about, Brian, about reconciliation to God and to one another requires justice. And they're asking for justice. They're asking for something that is righteous and good and biblical. And that is found everywhere in the Bible about justice. And they're asking for it. And our president gets up, pushes the people who are crying for justice out of the way. And granted, I understand some of them are not there for justice. They're there for evil, but not most of them. And you literally get up and then you hold up the Bible while people are dying on the streets asking for justice. That does not glorify God and evangelical no. Christian, whoever you are, I beg of you, do not take the bait. Do not take the bait. You're, 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 get, you're hooked in and if you've taken the bait, you've taken the hook and you're going down. He's got you on your leash now. Mm-hmm. And we have taken the bait and we cannot do that because the right thing to do now is to seek justice is now you have to stand against it. And actually, in some ways, the more I'm thinking about this, the more we're processing it out. So brothers, thank you for allowing me to process this out, out verbally. I'm actually glad that that took place. I'm glad that that just happened now because what it did is that I've been sitting here stewing and I'm in here trying to be like, you know, tame and measured. And I'm trying to think through this. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to, as a, as a man who, and as a pastor who leads a church and other people, I'm, I'm trying to remain calm about this. I'm trying just to say like, let's be measured. Let's be open. Let's be honest. Let's come with our burdens. Let's come with our frustrations, but let's seek the Lord Jesus. And now you have a moment like this. And you go now, brother, you have literally tarnished If you didn't do it before, you did it now. You tarnish the name of Jesus. And that's where now the allegiance lies. And now I've drawn my side because you've drawn yours. And now we have every obligation to stand against it. And it allows us to speak up and gives us the freedom to stand for our brothers and sisters who have been oppressed. And we can repent of it. And now we can have a unified vision to seek the glory of God in his wholeness and the restoration of all things in this world. You know, Matt, yeah. Sermon over. Cue the music, pass the offering plate. (laughs) Look, um,
1: I mean, these times that we've been living through for the past couple months have exposed a number of things about uh, American Christianity, and if not global Christianity, but certainly American Christianity. I mean, you think of COVID-19 and what it has exposed of the church. It, the, the, the idols that it's exposed, the things that we have been so attached to in our buildings, in our programs, in our worship services, in our preaching, in our sermons. Um, it, it, COVID-19 has exposed that. It's exposed how passive we've been. And in fact, it's probably exacerbated that passivity. And, and then we have these this, this horrible situation in Minneapolis that's exposing uh, more of our idols. It's exposing um, our our inabilities as human beings to get along with one another, even as Christians, to get along with one another. And then we have uh, what we've been talking about this evening with a representative of a political system that is exposing how we have made we have become an idolatrous, idolatrous people, and worshiping that system more than we are aligning ourselves with God. And so, the church, if we're not getting the message here, if if these three events over the past couple months are not pointing us in the direction that we need to repent and change our allegiance to the one and only true God, then I there's real concern. That that uh, uh, it, it, we're we're nearing we're, we're nearing the end of something
0: here. Yeah, amen. That was sermon number two. Everyone, we'll pass the offering plate one more time for that one too, as well. <laughs> so, well done. Pretty well, you know brother. what, they're, Brian, they're, your turn. They're, no, they're, I don't want to put that first. I don't want to put, no put no that first right here.
1: <laughs> oh man, well
2: only sermonette that I can offer is you know I I have said for a while now and this is sort of my own grumpy old man perspective the 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 Western Church and the American Church in particular needs a little bit of separation of the wheat and the tares it really does we've sort of gone into a a an American Church of prosperity and just self-esteem and me 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 what is the gospel going to do for me and you know that and that ties into the religion stuff and and i certainly wouldn't wish persecution on anything the american church i have no experience with it i don't think the american church really knows what persecution is um even though we like to complain about not able to you know buy a, a bible at target or whatever our latest you know persecution is but you know i think I think Michael's absolutely right. We do need to repent of this. And if not, maybe we do need, you know, separation. Maybe we do need to sort of think wheat and the tares, whatever parable you want to use, but I don't know.
0: Yeah. But this is not Paul and Barnabas though. No. Yeah. This can't no, be like, absolutely. you go do your thing. You go do your other thing. No, this is about like, no, are you fighting? Are you for the, the kingdom of Jesus or not? Um, he has a different set of rules and his set of rules are the ones that say we're going to lay down our arms and it's going to be a a one of loving God and loving others. Um, Yeah. That's the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, we've got some, we got some Chick-fil-A gift cards for you. That was a, that was a good rookie. Uh, I'm (laughs) just kidding. (laughs)
2: Uh,
0: Oh man. I appreciate
2: you guys letting me co-opt your recording jumping in at, you know, 25 minutes late. So
1: Oh no, we're
0: we're glad that you did, Brian.
2: So now I appreciate it. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, we absolutely are, and thank you so much. And uh, boy, I think we'll close this out. Um, this was a spontaneous recording for us, Brian. Again, thanks for jumping in with us on on this. Uh, again, now it started off with two white men. We have three um, to our black community. Well, I'm, I'm half our Filipino.
2: I'm oh, are half you really? So, I am. Yes. Half so you got Filipino.
0: A half white
2: guy and a half Asian guy.
0: I love it. Okay, we're representing. Uh, well done. Um, but just to, our, to our, our, our black and brown communities and, um, and those who listen around the world, please know that we, we, we see you. We hear you. We really want to learn from you. And I hope that you get that even despite of what's happening now. And as you're listening to us unravel uh, the world that we've been living in, Um, and maybe you've been looking from the outside going, it's about stinking time. Uh, Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love for us as we um, unravel this ourselves and as we Process through this and just and figure out a way forward. But we want to hear from you. We want to know you. We want to learn from you. And I really do mean that. Michael means that. If Andrew is here, he would be saying the same thing. So please don't be afraid to reach out to us. We're going to get our friends on here as well too. We'll talk more about this stuff over the over the coming weeks. I'm sure. Uh, Even though we formally announced we're on summer break, but um, this is too important. This is, this is just too important not to talk about and to process through because as Michael reminded us, the gospel of Jesus Christ is at stake and it is lives restored and redeemed. And, and this is what we know that actually brings unity and wholeness. And until we get on that program until people see the real message of jesus until they see jesus working in through us until we see the incarnated version of jesus living inside of us these things will continue to happen this is exactly what jesus was preaching about in the coming days wars and rumors of wars and these kinds of things will happen until the day comes but we can we have the ability to show people the love of jesus and we have the ability to witness to them and to show them a better way of life and a better way into the kingdom so this is what we're about in Ephesiology. We want to see that movement, and this is the opportunity for movement more than ever. And for Christians, uh, we're calling you to it. We're calling you to the movement. We're calling you to lay down the idols. We're calling you to lay down your allegiances to the, to the things of this world, and to say, I will follow Jesus. And no matter how scary it gets, no matter, no matter how fearful it can get, no matter how uncertain it can get, we say, follow Jesus. And it's hard, it's hard work, and yet we're going to need each other in and through it. So uh, to our physiology listeners, thanks for bearing with me. Uh, The other two guys were much better than I was, much more tame. Thanks for dealing with me. And uh, you're always welcome to follow us on Facebook by searching ephesiology and, of course, at ephesiology.com.
1: Yeah, Matt, we might mention, too, uh, our uh, newly released ephesiology masterclass that's dealing with the church in times of crisis. We're dealing with all of these issues. Uh, we've pulled together resources that we've had available to us and put them in a form that we hope is accessible to everybody and in a way that will help and challenge you to reflect on what it is that you can do uh, in the context of living through these crises in in, uh, the, in the United States today.
0: Yeah, amen. We just remind you about that. Thank you, Michael, for that. Um, the, the new Ephesiology Masterclasses You can learn more about that at Physiology.com. So for Michael, uh, Andrew, who's on sabbatical, and Brian, thanks for joining us today. This is the the Physiology Podcast, and uh, we will catch you next time.